Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in Amazing. some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. The New York City skyline is iconic. Its skyscrapers soaring over buildings of various sizes and time periods make the city both modern and timeless. For example, there's the Gothic Revival style of St. Patrick's Cathedral, the Neo-Gothic architecture of the Woolworth Building, and the more clinical and angular style of the Citigroup Center, all of which contribute to New York's eclectic and striking visual image. But one building stands above them all. Not literally, of course. While it may have been the tallest building in the city and the world at one time, it has been surpassed by many others in the years since its completion. Still, few structures are as recognizable or as renowned as the Empire State Building. Built between March of 1930 and May of the following year, the Art Deco wonder rises to a towering 1,454 feet. Its impressive stature wouldn't be surpassed until the completion of the World Trade Center in 1973. The Empire State Building is located on 5th Avenue between 33rd and 34th Streets in Manhattan, just down the road from the famous Macy's Department Store. The American Society of Civil Engineers listed the Empire State Building as one of the seven wonders of the modern world. This is a designation shared by such structures as the Golden Gate Bridge and the Panama Canal, and for good reason. It has 102 stories and was the first building anywhere to cross the 100-floor threshold. Of those 102 floors, by the way, the first 85 are home to various offices and commercial entities. Take the elevator to the 86th floor, and you'll enter one of the building's two observation decks where you can look out over the city, take in its breathtaking views, and watch yellow cabs the size of ants drive up and down the street. The observatory today is surrounded by a giant metal fence measuring 8 feet high. Now, this fence was put in after numerous individuals either attempted to jump or succeeded in jumping from the 86th floor to the street below. The number of attempted suicides from the top of the Empire State Building had been growing, and something had to be done to stop people from ending their lives this way. People like Elvita Adams. It was 1979, and the 29-year-old Adams had been living in New York for some time with her 10-year-old son. She had recently lost her job and her only income was her regular $100 welfare checks. They weren't enough to pay for her rent, her groceries, clothes, and everything else that she and her son needed to get by. With her landlord demanding the rent and nowhere else to turn, 
Elvita fell into a deep depression. She traveled from her apartment in the Bronx all the way to the 86th floor of the Empire State Building in Midtown. The fence had already been installed, and normally there would have been several guards patrolling the observatory at that hour. But somehow she'd gotten past all of them and jumped. Moments later, around 8.15 p.m., Elvita was discovered. Nobody screamed. The sidewalk surrounding the building was clear. No throngs of passersby had gathered around the place of impact, because there wasn't any. Elvita Adams hadn't reached the bottom. Somehow, after she had jumped from the 86th floor, she landed 20 feet below onto a short ledge one floor down. A guard named George Reese found her in severe pain and called for an ambulance. She was taken to Bellevue Hospital, where doctors diagnosed her with a fractured pelvis. The police thought that she might have been pushed off the observation deck at first, but Alvita was adamant that she had done the jumping herself. No one else was involved. In a later interview, she said that she had gone up there to see the city lights. Compelled by their beauty, Alvita had tried to touch them by climbing the fence. She wound up on the 85th floor instead. But how exactly did she survive? After all, jumping off the side of the Empire State Building should have guaranteed her death as it had so many times before her. According to the authorities on the scene, it was the wind that saved her. You see, gusts of wind at that height could have reached over 100 miles per hour, strong enough to blow her body back toward the building after she had jumped. It just so happened that the wind had carried her onto an open ledge, saving her life. Elvita supposedly went on to live into her 70s. Nobody really knows for sure, though, because she led a very private life in the aftermath of her fall. Rumor has it that she went into stand-up comedy sometime after the incident, though. And that makes a bit of sense. After all, many people use humor to get through the darkest moments of their life. Although, to be fair, what Elvita Adams experienced that night back in 1979 was no laughing matter. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. 
Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. So much of humanity's evolution is the result of cross-pollinization of knowledge and experiences from different cultures. Today's entertainment, especially live theater, can trace its roots back to the ancient Greek dramas. Costumes, the use of satire, and special effects were all first witnessed in productions of Greek plays. Prehistoric objects, such as rocks and spears, eventually became the tools and weapons that we use today, like hammers and knives. Oftentimes, cultures are subsumed, or worse, obliterated, by colonization and their contributions are forgotten, even though those same contributions might be used by the groups that take over. Still, in many cases, time and exposure to other societies allow everyone to move ahead, little by little, improving what came before. Except for the Sentinelli. Located in the Indian Ocean in the Bay of Bengal is a series of islands. They're called the Andaman Islands, and they have been inhabited for at least 60,000 years by different ethnic groups, including the Bamar, Jarawa, and the Ange. The native populations on several islands were all but wiped out during the 18th and 19th centuries when the British took them over and turned them into penal colonies. Many of these Andamanese were killed either for not cooperating, or they died from foreign diseases brought to the islands by the British ships. But one indigenous tribe set themselves apart from the rest due to how they chose to live their lives. In short, they rejected the arrival of the English and everyone else violently. They're called the Sentinelles, or Sentinelli, and they live on the appropriately named North Sentinel Island. Their homeland is only about 23 square miles in size and lush with tropical forests. Dive into the waters off its shores and you'll be met with miles of beautiful coral reefs below the waves. Unfortunately, it's almost impossible to know the exact population size of the Sentinelli due to their isolated nature. However, estimates place their numbers somewhere between 50 and 200 people today. A British research ship passing by first documented the island's inhabitants in 1771, but it would be another 100 years before anyone would set foot on its beaches. An Indian merchant ship had run aground on a nearby reef, and the 106 passengers and crew made it to the island thanks to one of the lifeboats. They remained there for just over two days until they were attacked on the third. The captain made haste, rowing himself away from danger in the only lifeboat and leaving everyone else to be killed by the Sentinelli. After he was rescued several days later, he described his attackers in great detail, saying, The wild were completely undressed, he said, with short hair and nose painted red, and their arrows had a metal tip. It was believed that the native people had salvaged metal from other ships that had crashed or sunk in the waters off the coast. Thirty years later, an Indian prisoner had been living in the penal colony on one of the other islands and managed to escape. He'd built a makeshift raft and floated the 50 miles to North Sentinel Island, thinking that he had gotten away scot-free. A recovery team found his body with arrows embedded all over it several days later. Nobody set foot on North Sentinel Island again after that. The Sentinelli did not adopt any modern technology brought over by the British or the Indians. 
What scraps they did use were only meant to reinforce their rudimentary weapons, such as bows and arrows and spears. Some anthropologists believe that they still live the only true paleo lifestyle on the planet to this day, and all their food comes from the island, including fruits and vegetables they pick themselves, as well as the fish and animals they hunt. They don't grow anything deliberately. They merely eat what freely grows on trees and in bushes around them. No one outside the tribe is capable of speaking or understanding their language either, and their manner of dress is limited. Men and women wear bark strings around their waists, but are otherwise naked. In 1991, an Indian anthropologist named Triloknath Pandit landed on the island with a team of researchers on a mission of peace. It was the first successful visit to the Sentinelli that didn't end in bloodshed. They welcomed Pandit, accepted his gifts, and allowed him to interact with the tribe unharmed. He was the only person to ever make friendly contact with the reclusive tribe, though. The British didn't believe that it could be done, but Pandit proved them wrong by showing them that great things could actually be achieved when colonization wasn't the goal. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious.